You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Folks, my guest today has been on NBC, CBS, Fox, Voice America. She's been featured online and in national and international media outlets such as CNN.com, Good Housekeeping, and WebMD. She's an internationally recognized number one best-selling author, speaker, and consultant. She's written and contributed to several best-selling books, including the, the latest is Mission Hope, Thriving Through Seasons of the Soul. That one's just out recently in March, I believe. It's an anthology, and as is Dare to Dream, Women and Men Who Refuse to Let Their Dreams Die, also released earlier this year. Uh, but she's also the sole author of international bestsellers such as Bully Free, True Stories of Courage, Inspiration, and Motivation to Overcome Bullying, and More Heaven, Because Every Child is Special. I'll, I'll tell you, we could do an entire episode just on the story in that book, by the way, but that's for another time. But I, I really love what you did there. Um, she is recognized. Yes, she is recognized as a goodwill global ambassador for civil and humanitarian work in education, entrepreneurship, coaching and women's issues. She's the executive producer and host of the Power Your Life TV and radio show. Honestly, her accolades are too lengthy for me to name them all here. So I'll stop there. I'm lucky to get a little bit of her time today. She joins me now from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Welcome, Dr. Joanne White. Mark, it's such a pleasure to be here, and you've had me laughing since we started. <laughs> Thank <laughs> that's, you. Well, that's that's one of my goals. Well, you, Dr. Joanne, you're you're a Jill of all trades. Uh, what do you enjoy most? Writing, coaching, hosting, a- ambassadoring. Um, do, I ha- do I have to choose just one, Mark? Well, actually, well I let, let me put it this way. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but how would you define your passion? Put it that way. And because that's sort of that's a different sort of question that might be intertwined with each of those pursuits. What what's your passion? I love helping people and I love writing and I love. Well, again, I'm going to. But helping people has been something that I've been doing since I've been like 16 years old, 15 years old. And that passion has never died. Mm. And writing has been even earlier and that passion has never died. So those two are very close to my heart. What what inspired you in the first place to become a, a writer, speaker, consultant? Well, I've been writing since a very young age. I remember uh, trying to write write something on some commercial for <laughs> when I was like 11 or something for Coca-Cola or something, which I don't even <laughs> drink these days. And, you know, I was made fun of by my family. So I niched, I just ditched that a little bit, but I love writing and it just is very soul connected to me. And I also, when I was young, this isn't about writing. This is about helping people. I was a, a counselor in in a day camp and I was also working there there was there was a really visionary director of the camp and he opened up a program for kids with special needs mark and I was the counselor and 
I sort of fell in love with these kids in mm -hmm. a way that I didn't anticipate. And I changed my career. And I instead of doing writing, mm -hmm. well, literature, which I was going to go to to um, undergraduate school for, I decided to go into education and special education. And that's sort of the beginning of really working with people and, and wanting to help people and children and families and everybody. And, and I'm still yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah. For those listening, when I mentioned in the intro, that book, More Heaven, that has to do with a, a educational program for special needs students, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk though about the Mission Hope book. It's the most recent one out here, out in March, like I said. And what was your contribution there? What what did what did you write about? And give us a glimpse, no spoilers, but a, a glimpse as to what people might might take away from reading your story. Okay, so in that particular chapter, Mark, I focused on that camp, mm -hmm. and I focused on one little girl whom nobody wanted to be near. She had welts all over her arms from biting herself, oh. welts inside her mouth, and she was also an enuretic, so she urinated a lot in her pants. Anyway, people didn't want to be near her, and right. I was new to working with kids, and I had to figure out how to reach her. Nobody cared about her. And I, and I empathize with that because of my own background going, growing up early on. And I figured out ways to get to her. I would, and I didn't know anything. It was all instinctual. And, you know, and I was rubbing her cheeks so she would stop biting the inside of her mm -hmm. mouth. And I would sing with her mm. and she started to blossom. Yeah. And that's sort of what that story is about, that, that chapter, because there she was. Imagine being being in a place and nobody cared about you. Nobody so, wanted to be near you. Ostracized. And you probably gave, were one of the few people that gave her any affection or attention. I cry. Yeah. Mm. I mean, but it was so special to see her blossom and to see other people children now want to be near her and to see her smile and and participate a little bit and that to me was a gift you know when we help people we also feel something i mean yeah. it, it's, it's a beautiful thing that we get transformed by the experience ourselves absolutely um what in your coaching and consulting business what what are some common challenges that your clients face confidence um sometimes being bullied and people who who i you know i also work with leaders so sometimes it's about how do i need to move forward and and shift things in terms of my career mm. yeah so how, how, how do you with, sorry i also work with couples so it's about communication how do i and, and and being able, you know, people, and this is not just with couples, people, when people are arguing or disagreeing, there are ways to do it. And this is for everybody. There are and, and ways to do it so that you really don't injure the person mentally because yeah. you can't take that back. And yeah. the, I knew I knew that you worked with like you work with individuals, you work with families, 
couples and businesses, right? You you cast the net pretty wide. <laughs> I mean, how uh how do you do how do you pull that off? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. It, well, I just like it. I mean, it, it's a different orientation going in and and helping with businesses and doing training. I haven't done some of that in a while, mm. but I enjoy it. And it's about really helping people in their be, their voices to be heard. You know, yeah. everybody wants to be heard. So, well, let's let's get some kind of concrete example. So I know that you've you've designed and delivered training programs for organizations and institutions. Can you elaborate on like one of your most memorable training programs and what were the objectives and what impact did it have on the participants? So one of the training programs was about, again, how do you access the important, how do you give your employees importance and make them feel valued and also access their contributions? Because oftentimes if you're a leader you may just want to lead and rather than decide that that everybody has something to offer if we could only listen. Yeah. And that's really important. So it's about teaching people about their value and to really listen and to share, be able to share and contribute in a way that's that's giving people more positivity. You know, years ago, I was, and I'm shifting a little bit, I was the executive director of a children and youth services program for Bancroft for kids with special needs. Mm -hmm. And when I was first hired, because there was an educational program, a residential program, a clinical program, I and we opened up more programs. I, I went around to all the employees, to the deep, different groups and said, so what's important to you? What do you mm -hmm. need? What are you not getting? What do you, you know, what do you need to be able to do your job and to feel good about staying here? Because oftentimes if people are not valued and, and their values also aren't in line with the values of the company or the organization, they, they're not going to want to stay there. They're not going to want to be be there and contribute as much as they can. No. And that really made a difference because they said nobody's ever bothered to ask us that before. Right. So going into organizations, it's about let's let's really hear from your employees. What do they need? Where are their values? Are their values in sync with yours? What are you doing to give them a voice and to acknowledge them? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's so important. Um, well, that's on the organizational level. Now, when you coach individuals, how do you empower them to overcome? Let's say it's a confidence issue. Well, I like to work deeper on the subconscious level. So oftentimes it's working with, with hypnotherapy because I find that a lot of the challenges that we have are not necessarily ex on the external side. We have to go inside to shift them a little bit. Yeah. And so that's, that's a big thing. But it's about letting people also envision them walking or doing something or with with a sense of confidence and ease and really feeling good about themselves and mark sometimes it's about well what happened that make that made you lose your confidence and so yeah. and oftentimes it could be something in the past from family or from education or other kids that made them not value or trust their own instincts and their own th themselves 
Yeah, I think envisioning where you want to go is so vital. I talk about it sometimes here on this show and like, you know, imagining, well, what would it be like if blah, 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 like, if you know, like, let's say you want to have confidence or let's say you want to uh, whatever it is, have more success, uh, be healthier or have more success, be wealthier, whatever your your aim is to imagine, well, what would it be like if you had that thing? If you right. were that thing, right? And then, I think it's very powerful too. Sorry. Absolutely. Not only the imagining, feeling it. Mm -hmm. So the imagining and the envisioning part is also feeling. What would it be like to suddenly feel that I have all the confidence and 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 I can do whatever it is I want to do? Mm -hmm. That feeling and that visualization is incredibly powerful when they're put together. And then I also do what's called an anchor because I'm doing with that deeper and and also affirmations that help move that along. Yeah. What are some personal challenges that you face in your career or in your personal life? You don't have to go too personal, but, you know, I was gonna say, how long do we have? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you know, tell us about a time you were up against a wall and you you got over it or through it or around it, under it. You got past that wall somehow. Well, I'm going to share two. Okay. okay. One, sure. one was when I had a, I had a knee injury. I, I love to dance and I was dancing years ago and I could not move. I couldn't, I couldn't stand. I couldn't, I mean, there were things I couldn't do and I was not getting help medical, the medical help that I needed somehow. It was, I had one doctor that said, well, let's have you put a weight a, a weight belt on your on your knee to help strengthen it, but it only pulled out my back, and then I had problems with my back. So I, that's when I started to look for alternative means, which shifted mm -hmm. me and which I embraced so many different ways of of doing things differently to help me heal and be able to move again and i'm going to tell you something real fast i remember thinking at that time i was in so much pain like what's the point i'm i'm not somebody to give up but it, and i fell asleep and i there i work with dreams and and inner guidance a lot and in the dream mark i was lying on a, a table mm -hmm. or a like an operating table, and there were these beings. This is going to sound very whatever. <laughs> <There were laughs> That's okay. Hey, this is the place to do that. Go ahead. <laughs> who were working on me, and they weren't doing, they weren't operating. It looked like they were doing some kind of energy work. I never knew what that was until then. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I had a sense that, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to heal. And that's when I started to look at all different ways to help myself. And, you know, sometimes we're given these challenges. Mm, sure. and, and during that time, we're like, why do we have this? But that led me to Alexander Technique, to Reiki, to hypnotherapy, to all ways of really studying and growing myself and utilizing them because they work for me with with other people. So that was a gift, even though yeah. it was a horrible gift. Right? It, well, it's interesting you bring that up because I've, I've brought up on a recent episode about uh, I was talking about regrets with someone uh, is a little different, but somewhat uh, parallel to what you're talking about. And 
I said, well, I can't really have too many regrets because I wouldn't do things. Di- even though I went, I had a, a kind of dark period in my life. Uh, I needed that to get to where I am now. And I'm like super happy now. So I, if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't be who I am now and where I am now. So I kind of needed that bad time. <laughs> yeah. And we, and again, we're given that to be able to help ourselves get through it to mm. the other side of it and whatever gifts we get from it to be able to, I guess, pass them on. Yeah. The other one that I, that's in one of the books, the um, dare, dare to dream is mm. about my mirror writing and i've started to really share that a lot only in the last year or so to really be able so and that is like when i was writing beginning mm. to write as a kid in school you couldn't read it <laughs> <laughs> and but i didn't know it was there was anything wrong with it my teachers obviously did they own and they call it mirror writing the only way to read it was to actually mark hold it up to a mirror and you were so, writing in the like the that, way we yeah like when you're in front of an ambulance and you look in the rearview mirror and it's actually straight it's if you look at it directly it's backwards you were writing that way not intentionally yeah wow i've never i've never I, i've had encounters with people with dyslexia or other uh obstacles to face I've never encountered that. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously you're a super intelligent person and you've written all these books. And so it has no bearing on that. I just, I didn't know that. that, I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) It probably is. It's close to dyslexia or whatever. But the point is my teachers thought, okay, there's something really wrong with you. You're not going to amount to anything. And and were they wrong? (laughs) Well, and, and but I I internalized all that yeah. stuff. I yeah. and so so I had to figure out, and that's again in that book, Dear to Dream. My head would say, Joanne, you can't do anything right. What's wrong with you? You can't walk. You can't walk. You can't wash. You can't. And yeah. it was debilitating. Yeah, it was like so strong in my head, Mark, that I I I was immobilized, and I had to figure out ways to help myself and feel good about myself, which again is probably why I, I, I love working with people because I know what it's like to like not feel accepted and feel like you're some weird mm. person and you're not going to go anywhere or amount to anything. And But we don't have to believe if, what everybody says about us. I mean, yeah, those teachers were wrong. <laughs> and what did they know? And recently, when I was writing that chapter, I looked up, well, what does mirror writing mean? <laughs> I wasn't bothering to do that all through the years. And and it and there were two different versions. One is that there's something really screwed up with your head. I didn't <laughs> like that version. Yeah. <laughs> One is, is that you're you're highly creative. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna adopt that one because that one go. feels good to me. <laughs> but who knows? No, I think it's the highly creative one. <laughs> um, well, Joanne, every episode I try to do a segment called Five Minutes In, and it doesn't have to do anything. It doesn't necessarily have to involve Zen. I just uh, I try to give the listener some practical down-to-earth advice that they can think about for five minutes, meditate on for five minutes, and hopefully implement in their day or 
maybe even in their lives going forward. In a recent post, and I'm quoting you here, you say, give love and kindness more traction, put them into daily action. My question is this, how do we do that on a practical level? And let, let me just briefly tell you what I mean by that. So many of us read self-help books or we look up and love inspiring quotes and then we close the book or we turn off the social media app and we go right back to complaining or having feelings of resentment or jealousy or even contempt for others. What's your down-to-earth advice for how we might practice what we preach or practice what we read and, and we want to be on a daily basis? So what are you telling yourself? Like right now, given what I used to say about can't do anything right, my head would say, good job, Joanne. So it would give me some positive messages, which makes me feel good. I have jokes with myself, too, which may sound weird, but <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, all the time. yeah, good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm my best audience. I, I, I crack jokes and my wife doesn't get it. Part of it's a language thing. She's a Japanese, so she doesn't always pick it up on it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you laugh at it or not. As long as I think it's funny, I'm fine with me being my best audience member. Right. And the other thing is, what are you doing to make people to to share that gratitude, to share that love and that compassion and joy and, and kindness out in the world? So I do what I call a power walk in the morning or whatever it is, at least try to do it every day. And when I encounter people, it's like, your dog is adorable, or <laughs> I love your sunglasses, or or look at us. We're both crazy. We're what because I had met a woman the other day. We were both walking in the rain or whatever, and we were the only souls out there. I said, Aren't we both crazy? And and she <laughs> laughed. Yeah. So it's about connecting with people, making mm. them feel good, make give taking a few moments of being kind to somebody else. It makes them smile for a moment. They they feel heard or valued, mm. and it's fun and yeah. it's joy and and it does and it takes nothing. Yep, that's free. Kindness is free. Yeah, well, that that's awesome. So I mean, essentially, what are you telling yourself? You know, when you get upset, when you do something, you know, what what kind of messages are you putting back into your your own system? And to what are you doing to to share love and kindness on a daily basis with other people? What are you doing to connect with other people? I love it. Right. And also with the people that are closest to you. I mean, yeah. what are you doing to value them? When I work with couples, I say, so how many times do you tell tell each other you appreciate each other? I appreciated that you made coffee for me this morning. I appreciate that you you texted me and said I love you. You know, mm. little things like that are treasures and yeah. make people feel valued and cared for. And it doesn't take much. You got right. But it has such a wonderful gift and longevity to it. <laughs> Absolutely. A little bit goes a long way. Right. Where can uh, people find you and buy your books? Uh, I, I guess the starting point would be drjoannwhite.com. And I know they can get everything on Amazon. Uh, follow you on LinkedIn, everywhere else. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you want to email me, joanne at docwhite.org or drjoannwhite.com. And yeah, I love helping people, like I said. And yeah. Awesome. Well, that's terrific. That is uh go by for folks listening, go by Mission Hope. That's the latest. 
and go to drjoannewhite.com and you can see everything uh, that she does and everything she's written. Like I said, I couldn't even mention it all at the beginning of the uh, of the show here. Take a look at all of her books and everything she does. After you do that and buy Mission Hope, after you pick up that book, if you got three or five bucks uh, lying around after that, go to zensandwich.com and help out this show. Info on how to do that is at the top of the page. Dr. Joanne, thanks so much for what you do. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Mark, thank you so much for having me. And I'm going to contribute to the show, too, which I haven't done yet. <laughs> and you, you are a blessing. So thanks again. And I've enjoyed being here. Awesome. Thank you so much.